for all of your Wisconsin Badgers news from the recruiting trail, on the field, and near the rim. This is the Badger Blitz Podcast. If you want to be a Badger, just come along with me by the bright, shiny light of the moon. On Overtime Media. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media. This is Jake Kokorowski, senior writer at Badger Blitz. We have John McNamara, editor, recruiting analyst on the line. We are hanging in the Vivid Seats studio. And, of course, folks, use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases. First-time customers only, of course. But we have so much to get to talk about today. And we're going to talk about the game a little bit later in the second half of the show after the break. Obviously, a huge win by the number eight Wisconsin Badgers in dispatching the Michigan Wolverines 35-14 inside Camp Randall Stadium on Saturday. We'll get to our takeaways, answer some questions in the second half of the show. But, John, you have been extremely busy. Before we talk about the fireworks on the field that we saw on Saturday, Wisconsin received very good news off of the field with two new commitments one each in the 2020 and 2021 class. Let's start with the newest commit, Riley Malman, three-star recruit, offensive lineman, 5.7 rating, according to rivals from Lakeville South High School in Lakeville, Minnesota. Eight offers, all Big Ten, including Ohio State, and he visited this weekend. From your conversations with Riley, what made him decide to shut down his commitment so early? Yeah, I got a chance to talk to Riley a couple hours ago. Um, you know, obviously he made his commitment this weekend during his visit. Uh, you know, the big thing was I think Wisconsin was there from the start. Um, you know, I remember that, you know, seeing him on campus maybe the the summer after his freshman year when, you know, he was just a, a big, tall, lanky kid, you know, around 230 pounds. And obviously he's filled out quite a bit since then. But, you know, you got a chance to talk to him too, Jake, after he camped uh, this summer. You know, he's, he's been to Wisconsin uh, it, at least six times, you know, when you asked him, I think he said, oh, you know, four or five or six, I can't keep counting anymore. So I think that helped. And, you know, he talked about, you know, every time he coming back to campus, uh, you know, getting more and more comfortable with the people, you know, just not around the football program, but even, you know, the guys on the academic side of things and the, the advisors there. So um, Wisconsin did a great job of identifying early and getting them on campus early and making them a top priority. And, um, you know, he, he said he, you know, kind of felt that buzz in him even before the game started and the chance to be part of, you know, the tradition that Wisconsin has on the offensive line, I think was very appealing for him, but, um, you know, being there early and, you know, presenting, um, you know, maybe his best fit, both, you know, academically and on the field. Uh, I think that's the reason why Wisconsin was able to, to land a commitment from very early in the process. And, you know, he kind of touched on that early, uh, too, when I talked to him, he said, you know, people may think that I committed uh, kind of early, but, you know, he's he's been a heavily recruited guy for a while and he's taken a lot of visits. So, you know, he's he's kind of had a pretty good thorough look at a lot of the schools that were involved in his recruitment, um, Wisconsin obviously being among them. And, uh, you know, when he was ready to make a decision, Wisconsin was on top. And, you know, he's he's a big get for the Badgers in the 2021 class. Now it's early on. He's just a high school junior. But from what you saw at camp, where you and I were both there on June 1st, but also what you see on film, what stands out? He's an athletic kid. You know, he, like I said, he was a basketball player. You know, obviously when you, when you're six foot eight, six foot seven, 
uh, early on. That's, that's probably the sport that you gravitate to. But, um, you know, obviously he, he's played varsity football since he was a freshman. And, uh, you know, he started as a tight end. He's kind of growing into an offensive tackle. So I think his athleticism stands out. But, you know, his length does too. Uh, you know, his ability to bend, you know, you look at uh, tackles and what makes them important, uh, you know, being able to bend and have those good, nice hips, you know, flexibility there. Um, obviously, he's a guy that, that's going to need to get stronger. But, you know, talking to his high school coach as well, uh, he kind of adds 20 pounds each year. You know, he went from like 230 to 250 to 270. You know, next year, maybe he's 290. When he gets to Wisconsin, he maybe 310. And then, you know, maybe he plays in that, you know, 325, 330 range. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's got some growing to do as well. So I think if you look at areas of improvement, he needs to work on his strength, but you know, you could say that about just about any kid that's, that's going from high school to division one football. Uh, but there's a lot to like, there's a reason why schools like Ohio state, uh, was involved with him and, you know, a handful of others in the big 10 and, you know, Wisconsin saw something that they liked very early and, uh, they were able to wrap them up early in the process. Now, Wisconsin has two offensive linemen committed to, for 2021. And then there are five scholarship commits for the 2020 class, plus at least one walk-on in that recruiting cycle and Sean Tennis from Arquette in the Milwaukee area. So in your opinion, how many more offensive linemen do you think the Badgers could take for 2021, and who are the main targets? Yeah, I, you know, Malman said that the, the number was three that they wanted to take in 2021, and obviously there is a long way to go. Uh, the guys in the 2020 class have yet to sign. Uh, so again, there's there's a long way to go there. But if if you're looking at three, uh, you know, Malman gives you one, Benshaw gives you two, and then you're looking at maybe a third there. Um, obviously, uh, uh, Nolan Rucci is uh, the kid that you're looking at to potentially fill this class for Wisconsin. Um, you know, Nolan, Hayden Rucci's younger brother. Um, you know, he's been a top priority for Wisconsin from the very start. So Wisconsin obviously loved to to add him. But you know, there, there's other guys that that they're after in in the 2021 class, some guys that they've had on campus. Um, I posted some names uh, on the Badgers and you could take a look there. And, you know, there's some, there's some options from inside the state too. So, you know, even if they were to get Rucci at some point this fall and he has given no indication that he's ready to make a decision. uh, But even if they were, they're going to still recruit offensive linemen. They're going to still get guys on campus. uh, They're not going to completely shut things down. So, you know, right now I think the working number is three, but they're so, uh, you know, there's so much time left before that class signs that, you know, anything can happen. You know, there can be attrition on the current roster. So uh, three is a number that we can put out there right now, but anything can happen and they'll continue to recruit because, you know, offensive line is truly a position that they can recruit nationally with the elite prospects across the country. And they'll, they'll continue to do that. Sunday, we hear from Riley Malman, 2021 commit, and then a day earlier in town, 2020 commit Preston Zachman makes his decision to join Wisconsin's class. That's upcoming two-star kid out of Pennsylvania, 16 offers that includes army temple, Navy, Kent state officially visited during the summer, but Wisconsin did not offer on that visit. John heard about this offer come what about a week or so ago. How does Zachman fit into this class? Uh, You know, that's a good question because in the summer, like you talked about Jake, uh, the the plan was hit for him to come in if he was offered as a uh, middle linebacker. And obviously Wisconsin was able to lock up Jordan Turner and Malik Reed. And at that time, maybe there wasn't a spot for him. Uh, but they said, hey, look, you know, we, we still like you. We're still going to recruit you. We want to see some of your senior film. And that's exactly what happened. Now, 
uh, getting a chance to talk to Zachman earlier this week, uh, right after he committed. Uh, he said he's going to be brought in as an athlete. So, you know, middle linebacker still on the table, but, you know, maybe he could play outside linebacker. He even brought up safety, and he said maybe on the uh, on the other side of the ball on offense, you know, maybe a position like fullback. Uh, so he's coming in as an athlete, so that, that kind of opens up some more opportunities for him. Uh, but, you know, if you look at his recruitment, I think Wisconsin has, you know, a lot of spots filled in this class. You're, you Maybe you're looking at best available. Uh, and, I, you know, having seen Zachman at, at camp, uh, ha- the coaches having seen him, and, you know, obviously impressed there, and they wanted to find a way from him in this class, and uh, they were able to do that. So it'll be interesting to see where, where he uh, winds up. I would say linebacker, either inside or or uh, outside is, is a good bet. But, he again, he brought up safety. He brought up offense. He plays quarterback in high school, even though he's not going to play quarterback for the Badgers. But uh, I think that kind of speaks to his versatility. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see where he winds up when he, when he uh, pops on campus in the summer. You kind of ran right into my next question because what stands out about his film that could play have him play in these different positions and on either side of the line of scrimmage, really? Yeah, you know, like I said, he's an athlete. And he, he plays quarterback probably just out of necessity at the high school level. And, you know, when you don't have a true quarterback, you probably just put your best athlete there. And I think that's what Zachman's doing this year uh, for his high school team. And you know, obviously he's, he's done well uh, for his team so far this season. Um, but you know, he's, he's a guy that I could, like I said, I think he could fit a, f- a few spots. I think it's intriguing that he can play safety. That, that means that he can run well. Uh, but obviously the position that he camped at this summer was linebacker and that's where he caught Bob Bosted's eye. So, uh, you know, I would imagine he winds up at one of those two spots, but I think, you know, the biggest thing is that he's an athlete and then talking to his coach, uh, you know, he's great in the weight room as well. Uh, so he's a guy, like I said, uh, Wisconsin wanted to make room for in this class and, and they were able to do so. And now looking forward, I mean, we've seen the number of commitments in this class grow in the past couple of weeks. And I feel like this has been a repetitive question lately. Who do you feel is left potentially to join this 2020 class? Who realistically could jump aboard this quote unquote Badger Boys 20 bandwagon? Yeah, you know, the the first name that comes to mind, I think, is Caden Johnson, uh, the kid who Obviously, he, he visited officially in June and was back on campus this weekend for an unofficial visit. Um, you know, he's been a top priority for Wisconsin for, for a long time, and they'd certainly love to add him at outside linebacker. Um, you know, he really hasn't given an indication of when he plans to trim his list down or when he plans to make a decision. Uh, you know, Nebraska is a school that's been mentioned with him. He's going to take an official visit there. Obviously, the in-state Gophers are, are linked to him, but you know he just picked up offers from from Tennessee and you know a huge one from LSU. So it'll be interesting to see if he uses one of his official visits on a school, uh, you know, in the SEC. Uh, but you know he's he's probably the biggest target still out there for Wisconsin. I think they want to still add a, a tailback in this class, even though it's not an absolute necessity. Uh, you know, look at Kevonche Bradford who has been you know linked with the Badgers since the summer, since he took his official visit, but Ohio State and LSU recently offered him. Uh, Lynette Whitehead is a kid from Georgia who Wisconsin is, is recruiting as a running back while all the other schools involved in his recruitment like him at linebacker. Uh, you would expect him to visit officially at some point this fall. Uh, or, you know, do they start looking at some guys who are committed to, to other programs right now? Uh, you know, there's a few names out there as well. So, um, you know, you don't have to have a tailback, but I think they would certainly like to add, to add one in this class if it makes sense, if, it, if it's the right fit. Now, you've had a, you've been busy. We we talked about this earlier at the beginning of the podcast. 
via everyone goes to badgerblitz.com. And of course, if you're a subscriber to get some of this premium content that's exclusive to, to subscribers, you've talked to TJ Bowlers, Daryl Peterson, Kalen King, and then a 2022 in-state offensive lineman, Joe Brunner. Just any with these bigger names in town, among others, overall. With an atmosphere seen at Camp Randall Stadium, the stripe out by the fans, which being there in person was impressive with the team's performance. What can be the impact of such a weekend on a recruit? You know, it, it's huge. And you you want to position those recruits to, you know, showcase uh, a big time game, uh, you know, against a big time opponent. And Wisconsin was able to do that. And, you know, when you come out on top, that certainly helps. Now, you know, I've been on the flip side of things where Wisconsin's had a big time recruiting weekend and was the Badgers lost. And, you know, to be really honest with you, the outcome of the game usually isn't a deal breaker with these guys. Uh, it, it's not something that they pay a, uh, a lot of attention to. But, you know, when when you're winning and, you know, you're 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 doing a lot on the field. You know those recruiting guys for Wisconsin are, are pointing that out. You know they say, hey, "Let's let's get involved and and jump around, and you know let's stick around and watch the end of this game. Let's get into the locker room with the team." So you know when when things are going the right way, you try to you know utilize that as much as possible. And you know a lot of the guys that I talked to today talked about the game day atmosphere and you know the crowd and be, you know the whole city kind of buzzing for the game, and you know that that really stands out. And I think that's something that makes you know, Wisconsin unique on those big game days. It's, you know, not only what's going on in Camp Randall, but the buzz around the city, you know, they'll, they'll sometimes take guys, you know, around campus, around State Street, and, you know, guys will point out that, you know, everyone that they see is wearing red, and everyone seems to be a Badger fan. And, you know, that's something that, that Malman said is, you know, everyone is is supporting that team, and the attention the football team gets, and, you know, the, the, the stage that they're on on Saturdays was was huge, and he wanted to be a part of that. So, um, you know, when, when Wisconsin and, and, and game day is hitting on all cylinders, you know, and, and the Badgers are playing so well against, you know, a good team like Michigan, uh, you know, it, it certainly reflects well with the recruits, and they have a lot of positive things to say, uh, you know, as they reflect on their visit. Anything else just to tease it out to the fans that listen to this show? Anything else coming from Badger Blitz in the coming day or two about this past weekend? <clears throat> Yeah, you know, we're going to continue to churn out articles. I, there's a handful of guys that I, I talked to as well. I just I just couldn't type up stories for them. Um, so we're going to just try to spill out stuff the rest of the week. Uh, we tried to get the biggest targets as, as we could today, but obviously there, there's a lot of guys still remaining out there that we're going to try to catch up with. So um, just like we did uh, for the Central Michigan weekend, which obviously was not as big uh, in terms of the recruits on campus, we're just going to try to spill out you know, as many visitor recaps as we can throughout the week. And, you know, honestly, that could take us till Friday. Um, so, again, we'll, we'll try to get all those stories up uh, because there were there was a ton of kids on campus and, you know, a lot of big-time guys. And I think we're just kind of scratching the surface. So, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll try to keep on pumping those stories out and, uh, you know, definitely give you something to look at on, 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 our, on our homepage for the rest of the week. Folks, let's take a quick break, come back. Let's actually talk about – Wisconsin overwhelming Michigan in a, in a dominant fashion, the 35, 14 victory. Let's take about ah, a minute and a half, two minutes, come back here on the badgerblitz.com podcast powered by overtime media. We are back here on the badgerblitz.com podcast. 
Jay Kokorowski, senior writer. We got John McNamara, editor, recruiting analyst, and quite a game for the now number eight Wisconsin Badgers in the top 10 in the AP poll after a huge win against Michigan on Saturday. Inside Camp Randall, a little rainy, little, little, really muggy, really muggy when we were there. But nonetheless, Jonathan Taylor goes for 200 yards again, 203 yards, his ninth career game going over that 200-yard threshold. Jack Cohn, you know, only has three incompletions, 13 to 16 for 128 yards, no turnovers, and two rushing touchdowns, including that 25-yarder in the second quarter. The defense, after really after giving up a 68-yard you know, play to a uh, pass completion, come back, force turnovers. They force four takeaways altogether in the win holds Michigan under 300 yards total and an impressive stat zero for 10 on third down conversions. And like we mentioned, Wisconsin's now in the top 10 in both the AP and the coaches poll. John, let's get into some of these takeaways because I think there's a lot we can discuss with, what Wisconsin did to Michigan. You called it, by the way, where you said this game wasn't going to be close, essentially. I thought it was going to be a little bit closer just because I didn't know what to expect from Michigan in a bye week where maybe they found some answers at in the in the offense. And, you know, in that third, late third quarter, early fourth, they did, but it wasn't enough. And Wisconsin's defense came together and made a big play, uh, made some big plays. First off, we're going to do takeaways for the game, one on offense, one on defense each. Let's start with you, John, on offense. What's one takeaway from the win? Yeah, like you said, Jake, I think there's a lot that you could talk about here. Um, I think my my biggest takeaway is, you know, what Wisconsin was able to do, you know, without Jonathan Taylor for a good chunk of the game when he went uh, into the medical tent with, with cramps and then you didn't see him uh, for maybe at, at full strength in the, in the second half. Uh, I thought the team responded really well. Uh, you know, Nakia Watson uh, and then Garrett Groshek as well. So, you know, I don't want to say the offense didn't miss a beat because obviously I think it did. I think you had to do some different things. But uh, for them to kind of keep churning along without Jonathan Taylor was, was a really good sign. Um, and, you know, that that kind of speaks to the balance that this group has and, you know, it speaks, speaks to the guys behind uh, Taylor. You know, Nakia Watson, you know, obviously didn't have a breakout game, but – I think he was solid, and you know, obviously Garrett Groshek gives you a little bit diff- something different. So uh, I think you feel good about that. Uh, and but you'd certainly love to have Jonathan Taylor full strength uh, for the rest of the season. Yeah, with the offense, that's a great call out there. My takeaway is Jack Cohn, maybe tongue and cheek, cheek, maybe not dual threat quarterback. With we mentioned it earlier, the two rushing touchdowns. He had that fourth down sneak around the one yard line for Wisconsin's third touchdown. Uh, I would also, you know, then of course we mentioned the 25 yard scamper where I listened, John, to Gus Johnson on the call. Wisconsin had that tweet out there. It said, Oh, look at the breakaway speed. They said that about a Wisconsin quarterback. Uh, Gus Johnson did. So it has to be true, right? So you saw what Cone did. Uh, he holds on, you know, he, he's protecting the football and making wise decisions. There were a couple of throws. There was that one throw off a of play action in the first half where 
you were a little iffy about it where that could have been an interception. If Michigan's defender holds on there, there was that one later in the game, a, a looked like an apparent screen that the Michigan defensive line or lineman or defender read and could have had an interception there. But for the most part, he played well. He's, he can defenses respect him a bit in terms of that mobility. It's not necessarily dual threat, like where you have chase Wolf, but he does have that ability to beat you a little bit. And we saw that even in Miami with the pinstripe bowl with that naked bootleg for a touchdown. So again, uh, Jack Cohn doing what he needed to do, answered the call. Um, maybe I'll throw in one more too, just because we mentioned this. I think Paul Chris going for it on fourth down. I, I think before we get our defensive takeaways, let's, let's just talk about this topic for a second. John, what does it mean to you? I know what it means to me when I, I spoke about it in our takeaways post right after the game where Paul Chris going for it on fourth down shows trust, especially on the 32 yard line, first series, fourth and one, where if they don't get that first down, Michigan's got excellent field position and momentum going their way in a key early big 10 showdown and they get the first down and they get a touchdown on that drive and they set the tone the rest of the day. To me, it shows that they, he, that Chris trusts the offense, but that it also, he trusts the defense in case they need to pick up the offense. Yeah, absolutely. It's trust. It's confidence. It's all those things. Uh, That's, that's a call that last year uh, is, you know, an automatic punt, you know, you would imagine. Uh, But this year's group, yeah, it's different. And, you know, they've, again, small sample size, just three games. But, you know, I think through three games, they've shown you that, you know, this is a team that, A, can convert that. Um, and, you know, they have the guys to do that where you feel really good. But like you said, Jake, even if they don't, and, you know, I think Paul Chris feels really good about that, putting that defense on the field and, you know, really good about, you know, how his team can can rebound from that if they weren't able to get that. So um, it, it's a different group, like I said, last year. Same situation. I, I think they punt 99 of 100 times, but this is, this is a different group. I think Paul Christ is more confident in them. Obviously, Jack Cohn, uh, you know, gives you something more. And now he's a bit more experienced, a bit more comfortable, and has more confidence in himself. So it's, it's something that, you know, maybe you can expect the rest of the way forward is that Wisconsin is going to take some gambles there. And, and you know what? Why wouldn't you with, with a good offensive line and a Heisman Trophy running back back there? Uh, you know, those are the things you probably should be doing. But uh, last year, like I said, I don't think I don't think you see Paul Chris make that call. I think he's putting all all day long if they're in that position. Yeah, and they had that hippo formation. I think David Mormon told me he called it they called it 14 hippo. And you saw eight offensive linemen that included Cormac Sampson, who we're going to hopefully talk to on Monday, we requested him talking about his duties. He was a converted tight end that moved to the offensive line in the spring. And now he's basically working back there at tight end and in blocking capacities. So we'll hopefully talk to him about just, you know, when you have eight linemen like that, you had Jason Erdman and David Mormon lined up in the backfield, like pseudo H backs. Why not? Like you said, and now looking at the defensive side of the ball, John, what takeaways or observation did you have from a performance where, like we mentioned, there's pressure on the quarterback, timely takeaways, 
and ultimately containing that Michigan offense with so many playmakers, especially at wide receiver and a returning Donovan Peoples-Jones, still limited limited the Wolverines to just 300 yards altogether. Yeah, I guess my my first takeaway is the Mich- Michigan, they're just the game plan, at least in the first half, was confusing. It, they just, you know, I, I, they never look comfortable. I, I'm not sure what they were looking to do. You talked about the playmakers that they have. I mean, they they have good skilled guys. I just think that you know their inability and to to run the football was big. And I think they went into that game knowing that you know they're probably not going to be able to run the football as effectively as they, as they wanted to. And that's not to discredit Wisconsin's defense. Obviously, that unit you know, played very well. But I guess my over overarching takeaway is uh, you know the the impact that this game has, and you know it starts at safety. Uh, obviously, Wisconsin is going to not have Eric Burrell. Uh, for the first half, along with Reggie Pearson for the first half against Northwestern. And, you know, that's a thin group going in with with Scott Nelson, uh, you know, ready out for the whole season. So, you know, you, you look at next week, at least for the first half, you know, probably Colin Wilder, um, you know, maybe Madison Cohn as the as the duo there. But uh, we also saw Tyler Mays in, in that game. Um, and then John Torchio, I hope I'm saying that right, had an interception. So, that's an interesting position group moving forward, at least for the first half against Northwestern. That matter, Torchio actually had his first career interception in that fourth quarter, basically wind down the clock there and negate any other scoring opportunity for Michigan. So yeah. And if you folks, you guys go to badgerblitz.com on Monday, we'll have an article up just talking about our kind of our three, two, one, as we refer to it in our series, three things we learned, two questions, and then one bold prediction. One of my questions is about the safety position and just who will start next to Wilder against Northwestern on Saturday. And we hope to talk with some of those younger safeties coming up as well this week for a story. I'm calling safety dance because I like puns and I like old school music references. So stay tuned for that. My takeaway on defense revolves around the short memory after big plays. I mentioned it earlier. There was that 68-yard completion to Ronnie Bell. That was a broken play. Coverage looked good at first. Eric Burrell misses that key tackle. Bayon Hicks comes back and tackles Bell at the seven-yard line. A couple plays later, Reggie Pearson's credited with the forced fumble. Burrell, guess what? He scoops it up. Scoring opportunity thwarted. And Wisconsin actually flips the field, you know, and they don't score, but they get up to the 50. And that, as Matt Henningsen referred to, allowed Wisconsin's defense to get them out on the field. And then, you know, Wisconsin scored that next series thereafter. So really uh, you're seeing that short memory and the players talked about it. You know, Zach Bond mentioned it to me. And I think, I think it was Chris Orr did too in post game, just, there's a big play. There's nothing you can do about it. You go on to the next play. Don't let it get you down because that'll that'll be a domino effect, essentially, of giving up more plays, that more chunk plays or more big plays there. So um, another key example in that second half where Michigan started getting going, there was that touchdown that was called back, overturned by officials. Dak Bond said that's the first real adversity that the defense faced this season. And again, they're talking about that short memory, essentially, and and just forgetting about it. Go to the next play. Go to the next play. Well, that next play after that overruled touchdown, 
Bond comes back with the strip sack. So, and Chris Orr recovers. Wisconsin stops there. And my bold prediction a couple weeks back of Michigan scoring under 17 points comes true. So you see that there. So I think the, the defense made a statement. They're one of the best in the nation. They want to be the best in the nation. And that short memory helped them get over those big plays. And again, they contain Michigan's offense pretty well on Saturday afternoon. So before we, we wrap up the show, we got questions to ask though, John, I got questions to ask you pertaining to this game and, and looking forward for this season. First off, just how much does the win against Michigan and even the start of this season change your expectations for the Badgers in 2019? Uh, you know, it maybe the, the the future looks just a, a touch brighter, but again, I, I went into this game thinking that Wisconsin uh, was most likely going to come out on top. I, I I didn't predict that they would jump out to the lead that that they did and, and play so well, and you know just really kind of throttle Michigan uh, through three quarters until they kind of you know made things just a touch interesting towards the end. So um, I, I kind of feel the same as I did going in, but you know this kind of solidifies you know that Wisconsin is a pretty good football team. You know, probably the second best team, you know, in the Big Ten. Uh, but you know, as you go on, you know, you need to take care of business against Northwestern, which has been a thorn in your side. You know, for the last, you know, you could say ten or fifteen years or so. Um, you know, Michigan State. You know, all these games that you should win before you get into that last stretch of the season, which obviously includes a, a road game against Ohio State. Um, Iowa comes to Madison, which is always a tough game, and then you know. People look at that Minnesota game, but to go there, you know, regardless of what Minnesota's record is going to be, you know, that is it going to be a high energy game with Minnesota, you know, wanting to keep the axe uh, in, in Minneapolis. So, uh, you know, you got to take care of business moving forward before the real the schedule really kind of turns up. But you know, to go back to your question, do, has my outlook changed? You know, maybe just a little bit because now I think you can you could really say that this team is legit. And this team has a chance to have a special season. Uh, you probably felt that going in, but now I think you know it. Uh, you know, after taking care of business uh, against uh, Michigan. Yeah, mine changed though. I, I think it. I think maybe at the beginning of the year, I was I think eight, four, nine, and three ish type, just because the cross divisional games were going to be tough. We didn't know how Jack Cohn would perform, and really, we there are a lot of unknowns and they had key departures on an eight and five team on both sides of the ball, especially inside linebacker, outside linebacker, offensive line were key positions that they needed to replace. And we knew that they had the talent just would that it was unproven. And would that unproven talent be able to be converted into proven talent? And I think what you've seen so far, I call bat the Badgers defense, a no name defense, but you're seeing Chris Orr step up at timely fashion you're seeing zach bond emerge as one of the conference's best pass rushers offensively jack Cohn has asserted himself as qb1 and the offensive line proved to me with 359 rushing yards and, and protecting Cohn for most of saturday that they can do so I'm, I'm up in my expectations to at least 10 wins uh i mean and obviously injuries can always hit and we'll see what garrett groshek the number two running back 
what his status is for Northwestern. And we know how you mentioned it, how Northwestern is and how tricky the Wildcats are, regardless if it's Ryan field, or even I remember back in 2017, Clayton Thorson was driving late until Dakota Dixon safety sealed the win there. But I'm kind of maybe as one of our subscribers said, you know, referred to it or referenced it as beer bonging the Kool-Aid. I'm kind of in that mode right now where I think this team could be at the very least a 10 win team. And it's going to be tough with, you mentioned Ohio state on the road. Nebraska is going to be tough in Lincoln. They put up, you know, nearly 700 yards against Illinois. Granted it is Illinois in Champaign, but they came from behind to, to win that game. So really, you know, I, I think the potential's there. You know, I think this team could be special at the end of the year. So um, my next question for you, we're going to go to one of our subscribers, J underscore study always has these mostly on Thursdays I get, uh, and whatnot, but I'll do one of my own, a new over under prediction for you, John. Zach Bond over or under 10 sacks? Well, what's he sitting at right now? Three. Oh, I'll take the over on that. Yeah, he's looked good. He's looked very good. Um, you know, I think if you look at last year, probably not 100% healthy throughout the whole season. Uh, you're looking at a healthy Zach Bond, a good athlete, a guy that's good off the edge. Yeah, I'm going to go over that all day long. Yeah, I will too. I think just the way he's played, there's confidence there. You, we've heard, I think a lot of like some of the main message with just this team in general, there's confidence with this team. You see it in, in bond. Now it's his final year. He leads the team right now in sacks and in tackles for loss for that matter with five for tackles for loss has technically three sacks. You have to like what the redshirt senior from Brown deer has done. And I'm going to go over with you as well. I think he's got a chance to make it a really special 2019 I think he's an NFL caliber caliber player, to be honest with you. So if he keeps this up, he's up around 235 pounds. There's more. I think he can add another five to 10 pounds onto this frame to play at the next level too. So my last question for you, and we have to ask this with all the good that happened. Are you worried about the place kicking game, the field goal attempts? Colin Larsh only won a four. It was a 48 yarder and he almost got it in, but it obviously hit the, the right upright in the South end zone on Saturday. Are there concerns on your end about the kicking game? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there is. I, I don't think if you're Wisconsin, you want to be, you know, kicking a field goal in, in any sort of close situation, uh, you know, whether you're up or down. Um, obviously they, they've had the benefit of, of having pressureless kicks through three weeks. And, and that certainly hasn't looked good. Um, I'm not sure what it would look like if uh, you know, there's, you know, time expiring or no time left and you're, you're trying to hit a field goal to win on the road. Um, there's, there's very little confidence there just in my eyes. Um, and obviously I think Larsh is a guy that can get it done, but he hasn't, he hasn't shown it yet. Um, so yeah, I think there, that is a concern. Um, and you know, like I said, I don't think you want to be kicking or having to drill a field goal in any sort of close game moving forward, unless, you know, Larsh can really get some opportunities and consistently kind of, you know, get his groove back, I guess, uh, in, you know, knocking down some, some, some field goals. So yeah, I, I think it is a concern and maybe one of the few concerns you have right now uh, after three weeks. It is interesting because I thought for the most part in fall camp, he show he played and he kicked fairly well. I thought there was one day where both him and Zach Kent struggled. That was like the first Friday that was open to media to 
watch and report about, but I thought he overwhelmingly played and kicked well in that, you know, in those two weeks of fall camp. I know it seemed like Zach Kent's got some work with the first team, if you will, like the first kicker up with Colin at Connor Allen being the holder. Uh, but it seemed like that second week, Larsh really asserted himself. It's still early. I th- will be interesting to see just what happens uh, going forward. If he is needed in crunch time, we're in the pressure is on, but yeah, again, we'll see what happens in that phase of the game where I think in special teams, you're seeing improvements at least in two of the four units where Jack Dunn is performing well as a punt returner and Anthony Lottie, the senior had four punts and averaged 46.5 yards per boot against Michigan, including a 53 yarder and a 49 yarder. I thought he performed very well. So if they can sure up the kicking game, that's going to be needed at some point this season, just how crazy the big 10 can get in this conference schedule. So that's all we have for that game. Folks, feel free to give us your feedback, obviously on Twitter over the Badgers. Then if you're a badgerblitz.com subscriber, great time to do it right now. Big season, lots of recruiting news coming up. But John, yeah, I guess going forward, it's Northwestern week now. I'll be down at Camp Randall Stadium tomorrow for Paul Christ's weekly press conference along with player availability. What else should fans expect from us this week? Yeah, more recruiting coverage. Um, that's that's going to be my focus moving forward the rest of the week. There's a lot of guys to hammer out, and um, we're going to do that. And like like I said, I think that that'll take us up to the end of the week, and then you know another home game. So we're, we'll work on the Northwestern visitor list, and obviously it's not going to be as big as this this past weekend or this weekend, I should say. But um, you know there'll be guys on campus, and we'll want to make sure that you guys know all the guys we expect there. And then we'll add names throughout the weekend as well as they become available. Of course, folks go to badgerblitz.com, wisconsin.rivals.com for all this content going forward. And then social media, we post, post all the articles up on Wisconsin Badgers on badgerblitz.com. Make sure to search that and follow or like there. Follow us on Twitter for John. It's at McNamara rivals me at Jake Coco. K-O-C-O. Follow our intern, by the way, Asher Lowe. He's doing a great job with grades, and he's doing a few other articles per week for us. You can find him at a low underscore 33. And, of course, the official BadgerBlitz.com account at Badger underscore Blitz. For this podcast coming up, right, follow us on Apple, or you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, listening on TuneIn and Spotify and folks subscribe me is free. So this podcast, we do at least twice a week. We did it three times last week with so much recruiting news, but feel free to subscribe that button. Why? When a new episode is uploaded to those type of avenues and we hope to add more in the coming weeks. Guess what? You have that opportunity to get it right away. Listen to it on the road, on your way to work, Business travel, guess what? We're only a click away on that note. So for that matter too, feel free to give us reviews. We want this to be the best Wisconsin Badgers podcast out there covering everything on the recruiting trail, on the football field, near the rim for bat for the basketball team. So let us know how we can make this better. We love five-star reviews. Why? 
because it helps us keep a high rating and we want to make, you know, we want this to be a very well-known pop uh, podcast. One of the most popular ones that covers Wisconsin Badgers. However, feel free to give us some genuine feedback. We want to make this, like I said, we want to, we love feedback. We want to make this the best show out there. So again, we'll have, we'll, we'll really dig into Northwestern this week. We'll have a player interview as well for, from tomorrow's player availability, but also we'll, we'll talk more Wildcats and so much more in another recruiting weekend for Wisconsin coming up later this week. Tune back in to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast powered by Overtime Media.